Welcome to 20 for Your 20s, a podcast that tackles the topics that are on your mind as you navigate the most pivotal decade of your life. This show is brought to you by Northwood Young Adults, recorded live from The Collective. Thank you for joining us today. I am joined, as always, by Cody Richard. And yeah, go ahead. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so today we're going to talk about everybody's favorite personality test, the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. All right. So how should Christians approach the Enneagram. So we can go ahead and, uh, and and let me go ahead and ask you, What do you know what you are on the Enneagram? Yes. I'm a type four, um, which is one of the, actually, it's the most rare type that there is. Wow. Of any of the other types. And that's actually, if you read into being a four, like that's something that we kind of are very proud of, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> so it's called the individualist. And okay. so, yeah being an individualist and having the most rare type, I think just kind of go hand in hand. Um, but yeah. So what type are you, Mike? I am a three, uh, the performer. Okay. So, Ooh. or the achiever. Yeah. You might see it. And, uh, yeah, this one's good. It, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of people that are, uh, apparently competent and energetic according to the, uh, the website. And so, uh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that as good as a, a good thing. And so, one of the fav- my favorite parts about this is it tells you which famous people that are also that same number. And so I was just curious, who are some of the ones for you? I have a weird uh, cast of characters. I'm, I'm actually a very big poetry fan, so it's cool to see Edgar Allan Poe on my list. Um, That's pretty emo. It is actually. pretty emo. I, so <laughs> I have... <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, Tennessee Williams, um, Hank Williams, Whoa. which is awesome. Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Leonard Cohen, people that are kind of you know deep cut, yeah, OG musicians. Share sure. uh, Sarah McLaughlin, which is my favorite one on this entire <laughs> list. Um, Marlon Brando, uh, Angelina Jolie, Johnny Depp. Man, this is just. Uh, this is a killer cast of people. I would hang out with everyone on this list so far. I think you missed maybe the best one. I don't think I did, Mike. Chris Angel? Chris Angel? Where is <laughs> he? Is that a, for real? Yeah, the second to the last one. Magician oh, Chris no. Angel is a four. <laughs> also, Nicolas Cage. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> the Ghost Rider himself. Uh, looking at mine, you know, I, I feel like I'm in some good company here. I uh, can't lie though. There, there's a lot of people with with their own vices. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you three of them. Actually, four. Let's go four. Michael Jordan. All right, that's pretty cool. Men of uh, many talents. Uh, O.J. Nice. Simpson. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods. And uh, Lance Armstrong. And so, I mean, you can kind of, you know, pick the similarities there. Uh, uh, I see some. I lo- guess. Yeah. Uh, Along with, you know, people like Bernie Madoff. And Demi Moore. Demi Moore. <laughs> and Kevin Spacey. I'll, I'll take, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, Ryan Seacrest is on here. Uh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. That's, you know. Ooh, that's Mad a, that's a tough Don one. Draper. Okay. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about Mad Men. Uh, uh, I don't know if I endorse it. Bill Clinton. Wow. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a pretty cool one. Well, this is a, it's fun as the day is long to find out what your celebrity and your <laughs> right. grandma likes are. Um, I wanted to kind of take a minute and talk about how you even find what your Enneagram type is. 
Um, I think that journey to getting to your type is a super unique one for almost everyone. Um, everyone's always looking for the test that can give you the exact answer. And it's kind of a tricky thing to figure out. How did you kind of come to your, your type, Mike? I, I, took a, uh, I took the free test on the website. Uh, it was part of something we did here as a church staff. And I also, just in case I, you know, uh, just to, to see the accuracy of the test, I went through and read through all of them. And uh, I did feel like the, uh, a three uh, matched the best. Uh, I would say, you know, I have traces of, of, of a couple others, but yeah, I would say a three, I kind of decided was, yeah, that's definitely the, not only was it the test result, but it also, I feel like after reading through it, it matched me the best. So, yeah, I, I took the test. I took a couple of different tests and every test that I took, I had like three to four different types, all evenly possible. And so it was not registering one single type for me. You're the anomaly. I'm the anomaly. I broke the Enneagram <laughs> yeah, test. Yeah, you broke it. Um, but m my sister and my brother-in-law, they are very big on the Enneagram. Uh, they just know a lot about it, and it's really helped them as individuals and their family as well. And so they just challenged me to go ahead and read through all of them, kind of like you did, sure. and find the one that I identify with the most. Um, in doing that, I still was kind of struggling. And it honestly wasn't until I went through a crisis in my life and I was reacting or, or responding to the situation in a very strange way. Um, and kind of as an adult, I think we figure out a lot about ourselves when things aren't always going right. So I was on the phone with my sister one night and she said, you know, like, I, I know you don't know your Enneagram type and I'm not trying to force this down your throat, but... <laughs> What do you think about reading through what a four is? I think it might help you in this season. And so I, I opened it up and I read through a four and it was kind of like reading my own journal. Um, it had stuff in there I hadn't told anyone. And I also didn't want anyone to read what a four was because they would know more about me sure, than yeah. I was comfortable with them knowing. Um, but it really like the Enneagram has a lot of value in that it can help us know more about how we naturally behave. Um, and it can help us in interpersonal relationships as well. Sure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think that's kind of always been my, my take on it is that I've never been big on personality tests. I will say out of all of the ones that, that at least I've taken, the Enneagram is by far the most thorough and probably, probably by far the most accurate as well. Like it's really honestly impressive with, you know, they do kind For of sure. read your mail in a way. And and so, yeah, I, I, that's always kind of been my answer is that I don't put a ton of stock into it. You know, I don't take it as uh, an absolute. But when I always asked about it, I make it very clear that I do see the benefit of it. Like I see the benefit of it in terms of work relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, like let's say with your wife or a significant other. Like it's always so it's always so good to know these things because it can affect how you communicate with them. It, you can uh, know more. Uh, kind of on a deeper level, if you get into a, a conversation or maybe even an argument, you know, like yeah. you kind of know how they operate and how they think. And so, and vice versa. And so that's helpful in terms of, you know, just interpersonal relationships and how you uh, operate with one another. Uh, uh, I had a question for you, Mike, as a young dad, do you ever start thinking about what Enneagram type Sammy might be? Yes. Uh, we actually, uh, I mentioned this to Emily the other day. I thought, Man, how is how crazy is it to think I'm a three, she's a one, to think 
even though that's our child, <laughs> odds are he is not going to be either one of those. You right. know what I mean? Like he's going to be something completely different. Yeah, he's his own person. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have thought about that. And I've thought, you know, how soon can I get, you know, an understanding of his personality, you know? And, and I do think, you know, like other uh, personality tests and their results, I think they can change sure. over time. You know, I think... You know, I spent a lot of my life introverted. I don't feel as introverted now just because the nature of, of what I do with my life kind of brings me out of my shell. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it, it changes over time. But, you know, that's so that makes me ask the question, like, how soon can I, you know, start to figure th- these things out for my son? Well, well, I think the way that we often think is we want to know more about others from our perspective but what will probably be of value to Sammy is you being more self-aware of who you are yeah. and even providing him with the resources to know, okay, like this is who my dad is. This is how my dad operates a little bit. Uh, give him some more background on, on you and his relationship for his own knowledge. You know, as he gets yeah. older and he gets to be able to dig into some of this stuff and understand, okay, like my dad does have some, maybe some highlights and some faults. Sure. Um, he's not a Superman, yeah. but you know, we can understand each other a little bit better now. Right. And I think anything you can do just, you know, on the subject to make a father and son communicate better, you probably should do it because that can be very difficult, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, going off of that, I mean, you mentioned it highlighting, um, good things and bad things about your personality. What are some of the pitfalls of the Enneagram? You know, as you, uh, you know, you see a lot of people, put a lot of uh, stock into it. And so what are some of the pitfalls of that? Um, I'll say this kind of to steer it into how it interacts with our faith. Um, The Enneagram kind of with anything, I think you can become obsessed. Of course Um, you can become obsessed with Enneagram, just like you can become obsessed with horoscopes or become obsessed with, different things. And I know that's not necessarily like a fair, um, comparison just because horoscopes are esoteric and the Enneagram is not naturally, um, satanic, you know? <laughs> and so, um, if you like the horoscope, I'm sorry, but what it does do is the Enneagram does shine a light on who we naturally are, but it doesn't say much about who God says that we are. Um, now there are some people out there on Instagram or, or different books that I've read that kind of look at the Enneagram through a Christian perspective, which I think is super valuable. Sure. But at any point, if the Enneagram says something that comes against the will or the word of God for our lives, we need to be more in love and more aware of who God says we are than what the Enneagram says that we are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, the Enneagram just kind of exposes this, but as humans, we are desperate for someone to tell us more about ourselves, right? Yes. Help oh, me, yeah. help me know myself better. Right. And, and I think because we're so desperate for that, we look for all kinds of stuff like this, including horoscopes, like you mentioned, you know, horoscopes, right. Enneagram, uh, Myers-Briggs, you know, all of the above. And in that pursuit as Christians, it gets, it gets a little hairy when we decide to look at these tests and not the word of God to see who we are, right? And to know, like, man, this is who God says I am. And uh, and this, you know, this this test may tell me some things, but I need to put more weight into what the word of God says, you know. And you know, I, I think, you know, looking to Scripture 
for that foundational identity is huge and not looking to some, you know, man-made test to do that. Right. There's actually a, a practice I put in place in my life. Um, kind of started a little bit in college, but I got out of it. And then after marriage, got back into it. But it's just kind of daily confessions of faith, confessions of uh, what the Word of God says about me, things I know to be true about myself. Um, and it's both a spiritual practice for myself uh, of confessing the Word of God out, you know, out loud, but then it's also a personal practice that helps me with my mental health as well in in reminding myself of good things about myself, not just negative things about myself. And something I've found, and I think it's kind of funny, is that the longer I have this list of things I confess about myself, that it's kind of like a daily running list, um, more things keep getting added to that list from the Word of God and less things keep showing up on that list that are from the Enneagram. You know, I I am finding more value in things that maybe I'm not always naturally aware of. um, But God says, you know, that I am a conqueror. I'm not defeated. Mm -hmm. You know, God says I am his, you know, I am his son. I'm not his stepson. (laughs) You know, like I'm a co-heir with Christ. I am the head and not the tail. You know, like there's that the living, breathing Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. And none of those things are inside the Enneagram. All of those things are inside the Word of God. And so where the Enneagram continues to hold value, it is only an added thing to the truth that is the Word. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I think also, too, speaking on the topic of, you know, maybe putting the Enneagram... Uh, in a spot that it doesn't deserve to be. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of times we can use these kind of personality tests uh, and use them to justify sin, Mm. right? Like, you know, like if you're, you know, prone to, you know, mouth off at people and you're prone to uh, offend people, you know, by by the things that you say or how you treat them, that's actually on the Enneagram. I think that's an eight, you know, it's the challenger, you know, like you, that's my wife. (laughs) That's a personality trait. Um, that is, uh, you know, it can, in an unhealthy spot, lead you to, to sin, you know, just like the rest of them can. That's just the one that came to mind. Um, and I could tell you the ones we'll probably get into in a second, what my Enneagram number, you know, leads me to do and leads me to sin in an, un- an unhealthy way. And so um, I think at any, any, any point we say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that happened. That's just the, the eight in me. It's like, no, yeah. you're, you're a jerk is what you are. <laughs> like, sure. you need Christ. You don't need a, you know. Uh, and so I, I think that's a, that's a big thing. It's like if we start to use that, as, use a test like this to start justifying the, the sin in our lives, then we got to really real, realign some things. Yeah. Um, for me personally, one of the things that was um, as discouraging as it was encouraging about the Enneagram was getting in and starting to see um, the healthy versus the unhealthy versions of what a four looks like. Um, and as it started to, to read through the list of famous fours, I mean, we see things, we see people like uh, Prince, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, Amy Winehouse, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, um, Edgar Allan Poe, a lot of very depressed, <laughs> a lot of people who committed suicide or overdose on drugs. Um, And that is the hallmark of what a four does when they're very unhealthy. And 
what I shouldn't do is read that and say, well, that's just who I'm going to be because that's what a four does, right? Like I, I should not just become acceptant of the negative parts of my personality because that's the way it is. Um, I think this can be a tool that God can use to shine a light on the dark places of ourselves, uh, that we can become more self-aware and being self-aware is not a bad thing. Um, but self-awareness left alone is pretty useless. Yeah. You know, like, like it's gotta be paired with a better sense of how to move forward. And so where do we find that, Mike? Like, where do we figure out the difference between like who we are naturally and how we go beyond that? Well, I think, you know, seeing a, a test like this where it does kind of point out some of the negative personality traits, you know, I think you can use that as uh, kind of like an exposure, you know, like, man, like now I see it in black and white, the things that I, that I do and that I struggle with. And so then once you know, once you kind of have a, a, a diagnostic and a diagnosis of the problems, the negative personality traits, then you can start consciously and actively working on those, you know, and trying to improve those and, and getting into a more healthy spot. And so, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah. Great. I think so. Cool. Um, so what would you say is your one takeaway for us today? I think my takeaway would be that when it comes to self-awareness, digging into finding yourself, I think being a young adult, that's one of the biggest things that we wonder about is who are we? Um, you know, no longer do I get to just fall in the pocket of being a jock or a nerd or a goth or, or whatever the classic American high school, you know, pockets are of personalities. Um, you know, I might be, you know, a jock that likes to read books and also, you know, watch romance movies and anime and anime, <laughs> you know, like uh, yeah. there, there could be uh, a hodgepodge of, of, of interests. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to becoming more self-aware, continue to do that, but start with scripture, you know, look yeah. to what God says about you first and foremost, he's wanting to speak to you. He's wanting to reveal to you who he created you to be and who he says that you are, despite of the negative parts, despite of the things that you're, you know, blatantly aware of. We don't necessarily always need a personality test to show us what we're doing wrong. Sure. Or what kind of crap we've got in the closet. Mm -hmm. And so God's waiting to show us what, what is true and what is right about us. Um, the Holy Spirit will convict us, uh, but it will also encourage us. Yeah. Now that's good, Cody. Well, that's all we've got for today as uh, we talk about the Enneagram. And so thanks again. Thank you guys. Bye.